just uh, wanted to provide that opportunity for people to share some of their fond memories from uh, the past 50 years since we weren't able to do that last weekend. So not only last weekend uh, did we celebrate 50 years as a church, uh, but this past week uh, we were supposed to be at a general conference, Jamie and I, and our family. Uh, The annual conference put on uh, by the Church of God General Conference, uh, the group of churches that we are affiliated with. Uh, I was sincerely bummed out that we couldn't go uh, this past week. I felt like I was missing out on a lot. So I was in a sappy mood all week because of that and the fact I couldn't really get out of uh, the house for a week and the sappy mood I was in. I watched uh, a couple of sad movies, The Patriot. Anybody seen The Patriot? I'm, I'm sure most of you have. Uh, Mel Gibson returns for a battle. He sees his uh, other children, but his youngest, Susan, initially didn't want to see him. And I'm like wanting to sob, but Jamie's sitting right there, so I'm holding my emotions. And, and then his two sons die. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm a train wreck. Um, that didn't help any uh, matters. Uh, but although I was not able to, uh, to attend General Conference uh, this past week, uh, they were able to uh, post the uh, evening services after the fact on YouTube, and I was able to watch those. And the theme of the week uh, was hearing the voice of God. Did anybody uh, see any of the services from General Conference posted on YouTube? Awesome. Uh, so each, each uh, day, they, they're kind of focusing on this idea as there's talks of whether or not uh, to move the college, they wanted to be in tune with the voice of God and, and hearing uh, the voice of God. Um, and so that's what we're going to be talking about this morning as well, is hearing the voice of God. Before we talk about uh, hearing the voice of God, I have to be open, I have to be honest with y'all. Uh, this is a topic where I feel like I'm not an expert in. Uh, this is a topic where I feel like I have a lot of room for growth. As I personally, I struggle with hearing the voice of God. Can anyone else relate to me? By show of hands, anybody else? I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm not glad to hear that, actually. Uh, I, well, a bit yes and no. Uh, misery loves company. But, uh, but I, I feel as if a lot of people do struggle to hear the voice of God. Uh, but I also realize that some here may feel that they are good at hearing uh, the voice of God. Does anybody feel like they excel in hearing the voice of God? Maybe, maybe we got a couple of shy people. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of people struggle with this concept, with this idea, does God even talk to us anymore? I'm sure a handful of us here have questioned this idea, does God talk to me? Does God talk to people in the 21st century? Long story short, yes, I believe that God still does communicate with us here in the 21st century. In my lifetime, I can trace back two instances in my life where I can point, yeah, that, that was God speaking to me. And I want to briefly share uh, both of these stories with you. We, we talked about that. I've shared with them uh, with you all in the past, but there's a lot of power to be held in a personal testimony in the way that God moves in our personal lives. And so I want to share both these instances, my personal testimony, and how God has spoken to me personally and hope and pray that, that it has power over you as well and encourages you and inspires you in your journey of hearing the voice of God. 
And so the first instance in my life, in my 25-year-old life, uh, in which I feel like I've heard uh, the voice of God, uh, was the day in which I asked Jamie to marry me. Now, we were uh, both at the Bible College down in Atlanta at this time, and I had planned this beautiful evening uh, where we'd go to Greenville, South Carolina, near hometown uh, in South Carolina. We would shop around, we'd go to a fancy restaurant, and as the sun was setting, I would propose to her on the Liberty Bridge. Has anybody been to Greenville, South Carolina before? A couple of you guys, you guys know the Liberty Bridge there that overlooks the city. And as the sun is setting over the city, that would have been the perfect backdrop to ask Jamie to be my wife. Well, Jamie was babysitting that day, and I got news that uh, she was going to be late from the lady she was babysitting from. So I was like, all right, no big deal. Well, late turned into really late. And uh, I was really cool, calm, and collected that entire day. I remember specifically my roommates, Jacob Parr and Dan Wall, uh, asking me, hey, Kyle, today's a big day. Are, are you nervous? And I remember saying, no, surprisingly, I'm not really. I don't know if I should be nervous, but I'm not really nervous. Um, I'm naturally uh, pretty cool, calm, and collected. I, I don't get stressed out about too much in life. Well, that all changed when, when, my, plane, when my plans were being foiled and I was no longer going to be able to ask Jamie to marry me at the sunset after shopping and eating as the sun was setting on the bridge, and it was going to be a marvelous moment. And you know, it's that, it's that moment that everybody dreams of, of asking the love of their life to be their spouse. Well, as late was turning into really late, I started to get pretty nervous. I started to become uh, a wreck. And I remember praying to God, uh, standing in our house, praying to God, God, just comfort me, man. I, I need comfort. I am a mess right now since these plans are, are, not, uh, are not taking place. And so I had my Bible in my hand, and I remember I was thinking, God, please comfort me. And I was thinking, you know what, God, I'm going to open up to the book of Psalms because I know you tell us in there that, that you're going to comfort us in the book of Psalms. But instead of flipping open to the book of Psalms, I missed it, uh, thank goodness. Uh, I opened up to Isaiah 51, 12. The very first words I saw after my simple prayer to God, for, for God to comfort me, I read, I, I am he who comforts you. <laughs> I've shared that story a number of times with a number of different people, and uh, still uh, get, gets me a, a bit emotional as God cannot have more clearly answered my prayer for him to comfort me, and him telling me, I, I am he who comforts you. Is that not totally awesome? I think so. Um, and so me, on that day, I felt God was directly talking, communicating to me through his word the day that I asked Jamie to be my wife. And it worked. It, worked. it really did. I, I was pretty much cool, calm, and collective uh, the rest of the evening as well. God, God, he did provide comfort for me. He, he's a God who communicated with me on that day. And the second instance in my life in which I can uh, point to God communicating with me was when I went on uh, my personal spiritual retreat 
last year. If you guys remember, last year I went, I spent a couple of days in Hocking Hills away from all of you guys, far away from you guys. Uh, I didn't have any means of communication, far away from my wife, far away from Ezra at that time. Uh, and I had no uh, means of communication with my sphere of influence, with, with, with my world. I separated myself. I went to Hocking Hills, and I packed just clothes, food, personal hygiene products, my Bible, and a notebook to journal in. And noticeably missing from that packing list were my laptop and phone. I did actually have to use my phone as a GPS to get to Hocking Hills because I didn't plan ahead. I didn't have a GPS. But the phone stayed turned off in my car, and I didn't see it um, until the end of my trip. And so here in this midst of me spending a couple of days of getting away from the world, trying to connect with God, I didn't even know it at the time, as I didn't give myself time to reflect, as I was too busy with the busyness of the world, but I was struggling with the assurance and knowing God is there and that God hears my prayers. That's something that I, your pastor, was struggling with. Um, and, and again, I didn't even realize it because I was too busy with everything that this world is throwing at me. But after spending some time reflecting, I noticed that, that I was struggling with this. And so I wanted assurance. That, that, was, my, that was my theme for that trip uh, after I got there. I, I determined that was my theme. And, then, and that was my prayer that God just assure me that you are there Assure me that you hear my prayer. That's what I specifically really wanted help in because I wasn't convinced that God was hearing my prayers. And, and, and so through that weekend, uh, I'm not, we're not going to go to uh, the passages, but through that weekend, uh, I read a handful uh, of chapters throughout uh, my Bible uh, near, near the latter half. And there's about five different passages where God directly told me that he Here's my prayers, that I could be assured, that I could have confidence in my faith. And so I really felt God, again, was speaking to me personally. And this time was a little different than the first time because it wasn't just one instance, but it was really throughout the entire week. I, I would go to these different waterfalls, and I would take out my Bible and read, and lo and behold, I, I would be affirmed that God does hear my prayers, that I'd be affirmed that God does hear me, and, and that he is speaking directly to me. And so those are my two personal testimonies, testimonies of knowing God communicated with me. Um, two times, without a doubt, no, nobody could, could convince me otherwise that that was God uh, talking to me. And I'm sure a handful of you guys have personal testimonies of hearing the voice of God as well, and I would love to hear those. And now when we look through the scriptures as well, we see that God, he spoke to a number of different people throughout the Bible. And I was just uh, coming up with, with a list in my head. I can think of Adam and Eve in the beginning, God uh, talking with them in the cool of the garden. Uh, Cain, uh, as God was talking with Cain after Cain killed his brother Abel. And there's Samuel, there's Abraham, there's Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Balaam, which is a very interesting story of God communicating with Balaam. Uh, prophet Nathan, Jacob, Joseph, Jesus. We, we, we could go on and on about the list of people that God spoke to throughout the scriptures. This morning, I, I want to focus on one instance, on one occasion in which God spoke to someone, and, and that person is the prophet Elijah. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to uh, the book of 1 Kings. 
1 Kings chapter 19, we see God speaking directly to the prophet Elijah. And so in this section in chapter 19, right before this, uh, Elijah just got done uh, putting on a contest between him and the 450 prophets of Baal or Baal, however you like pronounce it. Um, and this contest was between uh, Elijah and these 450 other prophets was they were going to call out to their God and they were going to see who could light the, the, the offering on fire. And so the 450 prophets, they went first, and, and lo and behold, to no surprise, uh, their God could not light the offering on fire. Well, maybe Elijah said, maybe, maybe he was asleep. I, I find that a bit funny. He's, he's teasing. He's jabbing at, at these prophets who are praying to a false God. And then it comes Elijah's turn, 1 verses 450. And Elijah, he goes above and beyond, and he drenches this offering in water, and anything that is drenched in water water is not going to be very susceptible uh, to fire. But nevertheless, Elijah prayed to, to God to, to light the offering on fire, and lo and behold, God did just that. And so Elijah, he had incredible faith here, and all these 450 prophets of Baal, they were slaughtered. Elijah ensured, ensured that they would be slaughtered for this. Um, and then Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, Ahab and Jezebel were, were king and queen at this time, and they were notorious notorious rulers. They, they were terrible, terrible people. I mean, I think a lot of people uh, may look to certain presidents of the United States, whether that be Trump or Biden, whoever it may be, and we think, oh, these guys are terrible. I would encourage them to open up their Bibles and look at some of the awful kings recorded throughout the scriptures. And Ahab and Jezebel, they certainly fit that description of awful kings and Queens. And so Jezebel, after she heard about this, she sent a message over to Elijah saying uh, that surely the same would be done to you, Elijah, after he had the 450 prophets uh, slaughtered. And so after this great act of faith from Elijah, Elijah got scared and he wanted to commit suicide because the queen wanted him dead. Stark contrast to, to the faith that he is displaying and just, just previously. And so if we pick up here, uh, uh, Elijah, in 2 Kings chapter, 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 9 through 13, it reads, Then he, there he came to a cave, that's Elijah, came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. So here, uh, God, he, he confronts Elijah after Elijah ha has sort of run away from Queen Jezebel because he's scared for his life. He wanted to commit suicide. And so God tells uh, Elijah to, to go step out. And uh, here, if we jump down in verse 11, he said, he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broken pieces and broken pieces the rocks before the Lord. And so here, Elijah was standing on the mount uh, and all of a sudden there comes this great wind which tore the mountain apart. But... 
the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. So it's earthquake that, that shook up this mountain, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after this great earthquake, there was a fire. And seeing this fire, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So as Elijah's standing on this mount, they're, they're in, and before the presence of God, there comes this great wind, but God's not in the great wind. There comes this great earthquake, but God's not in the great earthquake. And there comes this great fire, but God is not in the fire. Instead, see, God is present in the sound of a low whisper. That's how God spoke to Elijah in this moment here. That's how he made his presence known and felt at this time of need. We don't have to read it uh, this morning either, but one of my favorite, one of my other favorite scriptures when God's speaking to someone is found in 1 Samuel chapter 3, when God is talking to the, the child Samuel, and three times in the middle of the night, God, God is talking to Samuel. Samuel thinks it's the priest Eli, but finally he realizes it. But it's in the silent of the night that Samuel hears the voice of God. Both instances uh, of God speaking to these people, we, we, we find that the setting is in the stillness, is in the silence around them, that they are able to hear the low whisper of God. And these are just two examples uh, of many examples of God communicating to people in the Bible. Does anybody else find it a bit disheartening to read about these stories of God speaking to God speaking to people in the Bible at ease, but we don't have that same sort of success in hearing the voice of God. Does anybody else find that disheartening? Many people would deduct because of this that God is just no longer communicating to us. And I would ask, is what if God is communicating to you, but you just aren't hearing it? As most of the instances where, where God is speaking directly to someone in the Bible, they are alone in silence. We see this with Elijah. We, we see this uh, with the prophet Samuel as well. As generally, God didn't speak to people in the midst of noise. They need to be silent in order to hear the voice of God. If all of a sudden everybody in, in this room started to talk, how would you hear me if I were talking in a low whisper? You wouldn't. You wouldn't because there'd be too much going on around you, too much busyness, too much surrounding noise that you would block out my voice. And in the very same instance, when we surround ourselves with so much noise, we blot out the voice of God. One of my least favorite things about our society is that we are running at such a fast pace and we suffocate ourselves with busyness. We have always got something going on. We are constantly being infiltrated by what society is trying to offer us. And so how many times, we should be asking ourselves, how many times has God tried to communicate with me, but I didn't receive it because I was too busy with my friends, my family, 
my job, watching TV, or spending time on my phone. I think Mother Teresa nailed it when she said, we need to find God, and he cannot be found in noise and restlessness. God is the friend of silence. In another instance, she said, before you speak, it is necessary for you to listen, for God speaks in the silence of the heart. And so I'm guessing most of us would, would, would long to hear the voice of God. The question is, how many of us are giving God an opportunity to be heard? And I'm guessing not too many of us, at least not on a frequent basis. As if silence is something that people in general try and stay away from. It's something that I'm slowly learning to appreciate in my life. Naturally, I don't know if you're like me, but naturally, I love lots of stimuli. My uh, Jamie and my family, they, they get on to me. When my family come to visit, uh, we may not be watching the TV or anything. Nobody may have the, the purpose of watching the TV, but you know what I do? I'll turn the TV on to be in the background because I love that background noise. I love that background stimuli, even if we are not watching. Anybody else like that? They just like to have the TV in on the background because they like that background noise. They, they like that background stimuli. I think it's because in our culture and society, that's what we are trained to do. Hardly do we have any instance where we just be still, we'll be silent, and we listen for the voice of God. And so too often we're so, we surround ourselves with noise and stuff entertaining us and we've got to learn to turn it off, and we've got to seek God in the silence because that often is when God communicates with us. God loves the silence. God communicates us in that silence. God communicated with Elijah, not in this great wind, not in the great earthquake, not in, not in the great fire, but instead in the sound of a low whisper. God spoke to the prophet Samuel, not while Samuel was out partying with all the, these other uh, priests in training, no, but, but, but God spoke to Samuel when Samuel was alone at night. He wasn't on his phone. He, he wasn't watching TV. He wasn't listening to the news. Instead, he was laying in his bed at night in peace and quiet and silence. And it's then that God spoke directly to Samuel. And so I would make the point that God can speak uh, to us today in the 21st century, but too often we may be blotting out his voice with the stuff that is taking place around us. God can speak to us in a number of different ways. I think twice in my life God has spoken directly to me uh, through his word. God can speak to us through the people around us. God can speak to us through the circumstances that, that we experience in, in life, and God can also speak to us in that small, still voice. And we need to, to put ourselves in an environment where we can hear and detect the voice of God. And is God going to communicate to you the first time you put yourself in that environment? I don't know. Possibly, but, but maybe even more likely, probably not. But it's persistence. It's persistently putting yourself in that environment where you are open and receptive to hear the voice of God. Jesus tells us, if we seek, we will find. If we seek the voice of God, we will see it. We will hear that voice. I have to ask myself, 
Is it a coincidence that, that one of the two times in my life I heard God? Is it a coincidence that I heard him when I was away from the world, when I was in that silence? And I think not. I think God spoke to me because I put myself in that environment. I was open and I was receptive to the word he was speaking to me in that day. And so moral of the story is God has spoken to many people throughout history. God still speaks to us today, but we have to put ourselves in an environment, in an open heart, receptive heart to where we can hear the voice of God. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this day that you've made. Father, I thank you that you speak to us today. Father, I pray that we become receptive to your voice, that we can learn to be obedient to your voice, that we can follow the direction that you provide for us in our lives. So Father, I just pray that you help us find ourselves in silence, to get away from the distractions in our life, and that we can be open to you and the word you're speaking to us. So we love you. It's in Jesus' precious and holy name that we pray. Amen.